You're listening to the Grace Through Faith weekly podcast. For more information, go to mygtf.org. We hope you enjoy. Well, good morning, church, and welcome to Church Online. We're really glad that you're here with us this morning. Um, I just want to give a real quick shout out to everybody who helped us pull all this together. You know, we typically live stream every single weekend, but uh, this is kind of a different uh, flow for us. And so we've had some folks that have just really stepped up and helped us put some things together with sound and with our live stream. And I just really am appreciative towards them to help us bring this Um, to you this morning in your living room or whether you're on the road or wherever you are this morning. And so uh, as as Pastor April was saying, you know, what we're in today is just a different experience. And as I was praying this morning, I just really felt like the Lord was kind of adjusting my attitude with the with the the realization that even though that this is a different experience for church and how we're going to do church today, um, that we're determining here, and I hope you are at home, that it's going to be a great experience. And so um, I just want to encourage you to have a heart that's expectant, that God is going to continue to, to do some things in and through us as a church family, even though we aren't gathered together in the same location. And so I want to give you, before I jump into today's message, I want to give you a real quick update about some things that are going on. Uh, as most of you know, we're not doing public services right now uh, because of the coronavirus uh, emergency throughout our nation, especially in our region. And so we're not going to be having um, Wednesday night church. And, and one of the things that we were talking about this week in our staff meetings, we had an elders meeting on Saturday just talking about the issues that we're facing and how this presents some challenges, but also some opportunities for us as a church um, to reach people with the gospel. And so as we were talking about those challenges and those opportunities, um, we were just kind of assessing what's, what's out there. And so I just really want to encourage you as your pastor, to continue to give to the Lord, um, to worship Him in that way, because here's the the reality, Um, and and I'm really grateful for this reality on one hand, but on the other, it it is a challenge. Half of the people who support us financially at GTF do so electronically. And so one of the things that we've worked really hard throughout the years is to give people ease of access in their giving so that they can give with their debit cards and they can give online and all those things. And a lot of people have taken advantage of that um, that e-giving option. But the reality of that statement also is that half of our our giving comes through services on the weekend. And so as we kind of go through this this moment of, of things happening a little bit differently for the ministry, one of the things I want to encourage you in is to give because we aren't pulling back in the ministry that we're offering. As Pastor Tori was just saying a while ago, our team is really working hard to come up with some creative ways to minister to the kids, to continue to minister in groups, and to continue to minister on the weekends. And so as we do that, there's still needs that we have financially. So I want to give you three ways that you can continue to support the ministries of Grace Through Faith throughout this momentary um, pause in our weekend gatherings. The first one is through e-giving. There should be some information in the comments below on how if you haven't taken advantage of electronic giving yet, you can begin to do that now. But that's not the only way that you can give. Two other ways, if you're not comfortable with giving online, you can still come to the church Monday through Thursday and drop off your donations. The church offices will remain open for the time being until we're told otherwise. Um, From 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. Monday through Thursday, you're more than welcome to come by, drop off your tithe. But then the last, the third option and the last option is to mail it in. P.O. Box 452 is how you can get us here in Dumas, Texas zip code 79029. You can drop your check or your your money order in the mail and that will get get to us here. Everything that we're doing 
really is important, even more so now that there's all of these emergencies going on and there are some, some dramatic needs in our community. And so we're, we're trying to find every way that we can to fill those needs. And so we just encourage you to partner with us in that financially. A couple other things that are going on. Uh, one of the things that we're just kind of aware of, and we tried to do this last week, is that now more than ever is a moment for us as a church family to turn to the Lord to turn to the Lord specifically in prayer and asking that He would move on our behalf throughout the world to um, stop this virus, to help the economy as, that, that's struggling so, so terribly right now, and to help people get back to work. You know, one of the things that we're promised in Scripture is that we will, if we will call upon the name of the Lord, that He will answer. That if we call to Him, that He will respond. And so, one of the things that I want to invite you to be a part of is every Wednesday for the time being, we are going to be gathering online at 12.30 during the lunch hour to pray. To simply just turn to the Lord and, and call upon His name and in His faithfulness and His power to begin to move in a dramatic way to help cause everything that's going wrong right now to be brought back into a peaceful place to be brought back into a place where there's solutions, people's lives are saved, and people's jobs continue. And so I just want to encourage you, join us on our live stream, whether that's here on Facebook or here on YouTube. You can get, get to, the, get to the, that live stream either place, 1230, every single Wednesday for the time being. All right, so this morning what I want to ask you to do is if you'll, if you'll open your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 17... Um, today's a great time for us to take a break from the series that we began last weekend. We started a series, we we're really excited about kind of getting things geared up towards um, Easter Sunday, but with everything that's been going on, I feel like that I, I'm going to spend the next two weeks and we're going to push pause on the Jesus series and we'll pick that up at a later date. But I want to talk for the next couple of weeks about the faithfulness of God. And as everything around us is uncertain, as a lot of things are happening that we're not sure what tomorrow is going to look like, it can cause us to question the faithfulness of God. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to bring you three reminders about God's faithfulness. And so if you're there in 1 Kings chapter 17, I want to just pray and ask the Holy Spirit that, that He would come and minister the Word of God to us this morning as a church family. Father God, we thank You so much that you see us, that you know exactly where we are in this moment, you're aware of our needs, and you're ready to respond. And so, Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus today that, that you would feed our soul through the Word of life, that you would cause the bread that is Jesus, the Word of God, to be broken before us. And as we feast upon your Word today, God, I pray that you bring encouragement. I pray that you bring peace and hope to every single person who's tuning in today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to read a story about Elijah. And Elijah was a prophet in the nation of Israel. And in this moment in time that we're going to read about Elijah's life, um, he, was going, he was confronting the king of Israel, and he was calling the nation of Israel to repent. And really the, the crux of what, he was, what God was having Elijah do as the prophet of Israel was to call upon King Ahab to bring his reign and his government in alignment with God's government, with God's will and his purposes. And as he began to do that, Elijah prophesied that there would be a drought for three years in the nation of Israel's economy, in their agriculture, and it was going to affect everybody's lives. And so as we read this, I want you to pay attention to God's faithfulness, not only to Elijah, but the people that Elijah interacted with as we read this passage. It starts in verse 1. 
of 1 Kings chapter 17, and it says, Now Elijah the Tishbite of Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, the king of Israel, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my words. And the word of the Lord came to him, Depart from here, and turn eastward, and hide yourself by the brook Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. You shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. He went and lived by the brook Cherith, that is east of the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. Now here's the thing that I want you to see first off, and the first reminder that I have for you about God's faithfulness. Sometimes God provides in unexpected ways. Sometimes God does use unexpected means to provide for the needs that we have. And and if you think about this story for just a second, before we shift to our lives, I want you to think about Elijah and his circumstance here. Because what he's talking to the, the king of Israel about is that there was going to be such a severe drought that it wasn't going to rain for three whole years. Now, the the community that we live in, the lifeblood of our community is agribusiness, and we need rain. Even more so in Elijah's day, they had to have rain to survive on a day-to-day basis. And so for Elijah to say that it's not going to rain for three years was going to dramatically impact every single, per- every single person's life in the nation of Israel. And so automatically, I can, I can assume that the whole nation was sitting here going, number one, I don't believe this guy, he's crazy. But number two, if that's true, how are we going to make it? If that's true, it really doesn't rain for three years. How on earth are we going to survive from moment to moment, day by day, month to month? And in this moment, I, I, just, I, I kind of put myself in Elijah's shoes, and, and the word of the Lord comes to me and says, I want you to move, and I want you to go down to the wilderness, to the desert region, into the, and there's a brook there, the brook Cherith, and I want you to live there. And as you set up camp there, I want you to build a shelter, and I want you to live from that camp And as you live from that camp, you're going to drink from the brook. That's going to be your source and your provision. And birds, if you get this picture for just a second, it's kind of odd, but birds are going to bring you food every single day. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I'm already tired of takeout. Um, You know, it's like styrofoam is not (laughs) what what regular day-to-day meals are supposed to be served in, right? And here's God, and he says, I'm going to create this delivery system that is totally unorthodox to take care of your daily needs. But as you think about that, you know, and you think about God's provision, many, many times in our lives, it comes in unexpected ways. You think about these ravens, it it isn't just the fact that God is supplying Elijah's need through birds. These ravens, ravens are scavenging birds. Ravens aren't known for their ability to share with the community of other ravens around them, right? And so here's God, and he's using an unorthodox method to deliver food to Elijah, but he's also using something that's uncommon. It's not really found in the world around him. What was happening was a miraculous provision from God through an unexpected way. And as you think about that, not only those ravens, but what we're fixing to read about here in just a second, God chose to provide for Elijah through a widow. Now, widows in, in Elijah's day were the most vulnerable members of society. Not just widows, but people who were lame or crippled, had special needs. 
These, these people made up the most vulnerable people in society. And God said, I'm going to use the most vulnerable person to take care of your needs next, Elijah. But not just the fact that she was a widow. This widow, as we're fixing to read, was a single mom. This widow was having a hard time providing for her own needs, and God chose to use her to provide for Elijah's needs as well. Now listen, as you and I, we go through our day-to-day life, in this, especially the situation that we're in right now as a people group, it's very easy to see the provision of our, our day-to-day needs being disrupted and not panic, not become worried, not be afraid. When God provides outside of my normal method of provision, right, it rattles my faith. And whenever it rattles my faith, I have to have some kind of a solution from God's Word. He's got to give me the tools that I need for this moment to overcome that discrepancy and that worry and that fear so that I can put my faith in Him. Listen, God is faithful. He's worthy of us to put our trust in Him. What faithfulness means is that he is, He's capable of stewarding our trust in a gracious way. Now, I don't know about you, but if God begins to provide for me and He changes that in a different way, it, it causes me to be uncertain at times. I would like to say that I've got this whole thing figured out and that, that I'm nev- my faith is never shaken and that it's never rattled, but truth be known, we all have circumstances that we run into from time to time that shake our faith. In those moments... We have to come to the the place where we we acknowledge it, but we also move into a place of faithfulness in God that we don't become ruled by our emotions. I want to talk to you for just a second about the the emotions that probably all of us are trying to process through right now. As, as, As our normal provisions and our normal way of life, the normal plans that you and I have are disrupted, it causes the ground underneath us, metaphorically speaking, to begin to kind of shake and shift. I don't know about you, but I have plans, right? I was planning things for the next couple of months before everything came to a screeching halt. We were planning baseball games. We were planning graduation. Um, Last night, our daughter just got engaged. And so there's all of these plans that are going on in my personal life. And whenever those plans got disrupted, it can cause us to sit here and go, man, what's going on? God, if I'm shaken and the country is shaken and the world honestly is shaken, are you shaken? Does all of this cause God to wonder what's going to happen next? As you look at the plans, I don't think any of us were planning on, you know, struggling to find toilet paper or not trying to get sick and all of the different things. And for a lot of people, not having a job. And so as we think about that and we wrestle through the emotions of the reality in this moment, then I, I, I just want to talk about the grief that comes along with this. Because really, as I was kind of praying through um, my own emotions this week, and I was, talk, I was thinking through and talking through with the Lord the emotions that I'm trying to process, there's a healthy amount of grief that comes along whenever our plans get dashed. Whenever what we thought was going to be a sure thing isn't a sure thing anymore. I mean, we're, the, some of the plans that have been interrupted have changed lives. They have altered people's the course of their life in this moment. And so with that comes grief. 
And grief is a real thing. And so one of the things that I want you to, to, to grab onto today as we spend some time in God's Word is it's okay to grieve the loss of the plans that were before you. Loss happens. It happens in life over and over and over again. How we respond to that, lo that loss really does matter. And in this moment, God makes a promise to you and to me. And this is what I, I promise you, is that no matter what has gotten interrupted in your life, if we will turn to the Lord, God will provide new avenues of life to flow. New avenues of His Zoe life that will begin to flow. So the plans that I had planned for my summer and for later on in the spring, here's what I'm, this is how I'm shifting my prayers now, is to turn to God in that moment and say, God, this isn't going to happen anymore. It's becoming more and more obvious. And so how is it that your Zoe abundant life is going to flow in me now? Because that promise is not nullified because of the circumstances that we're going through. And so I just want to encourage you to latch on to the promise of God that if we could remain in a, in a posture of faith for who God is, what He says is true, and place our faith in Him, then He will continue to cause the life that we thought we were going to get from a different place to be provided from an unexpected way. So that's the first reminder I want to give you today about God's faithfulness. The second one is this, that whenever... The source of your provision changes. We have to remember this, that the storehouse of our provider is full. Look at verse 7. Look what happens next. It says, and after a while, remember, there's a drought going on, right? And after a while, the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to, to Elijah, arise, Go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said this, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and as you have said, go do as you have said, but first Make me a little cake of it and bring it to me, and afterward make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of flour will not be spent, and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said, and she and he and her household ate for many days." The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. This is what I want you to remember. When your source of provision changes, remember, the storehouse of your provider is still full. There's this place that we can get to whenever our source of provision gets altered. Or you know, put yourself in Elijah's situation. God told him to go to this brook, and this brook starts drying up. 
probably didn't happen today. It said it was caused because of the drought. And so what became a flow of water eventually became a trickle of water. And day after day, Elijah could see the supply of his daily provision of water withering, drying up. Eventually it becomes a, a muddy piece of ground and eventually it dries up. And God was not shaken by the fact of the supply lines that ran t- literally to Elijah's house stopped. He gave him direction and he told him to go to a different place. And from that different place, God would begin to provide for him. Listen, every single one of us needs to come to the place where we discover this reality. The person that you work for, the company that you work for, wherever it is that you draw a paycheck and you make a living, that place is not your provider. Those people that you work for, I I believe, are put there by God in your life. And that God is the one who is providing for you through your customers, through your workplace, however it is that you derive an income. Listen to me. I can remember the first time that I really had this come to reality in my life. It's like I could always say that God was my provider, but until I really experienced that I had to trust that truth, not until then did it get deep inside of my heart. I was working in the marketplace, and and this job that I had at the time was based on commission. And so I had a clientele, and it depended on how much of that clientele I worked, and I I executed the job that they hired me to do, that I got the commissions that that they brought to me on a monthly basis or or a bi-monthly basis. And in that job, I had the largest account in the entire branch that I was working in. And I can remember for years and years and years, I enjoyed the commissions that I got from that account. We had a great relationship. They, the, the, I, I provided some great customer service to them. We had great, built a great rapport. But one day, you know, as happens in, in large accounts, politics happened. Every year I had to submit a bid, and there was a company that came in, and they undercut my bid by a, quite a bit. And my manager and I, we were trying to work out a a proposal for this company, and we just could not get the numbers to compete with the other company that came in, and I lost the account. And I can remember it was devastating to me emotionally. It was devastating to our branch. This was the largest account that we had in our our location. And I can remember I was getting um, heat from my manager, from regional managers, but there was also the reality of my paycheck, right? I also had this reality that I had a wife and three kids, three small kids. We had medical bills. We had groceries to buy, much like every single person on the planet. And I can remember being in my truck and having this moment with God because I I was kind of doing the math of how this was going to impact my family financially. And I can remember just looking up to the Lord and being like, God, what are you doing? I mean, don't you realize that we need this income in order to make our day-to-day lives happen. And in that moment, I just remember God saying to me, remember this, I am your provider. It doesn't matter where you draw a paycheck from, I am the one who will always provide for your needs. And in that moment, I just had to shift my heart and really exercise my faith to go, you know what, God, I believe that, but do I fully trust that. And in that season of my life, I was just forced into a place of, of, of exerting my faith and, and putting my faith to work. And every day whenever I wake up, this didn't, this, the problem didn't get solved overnight. It took months. 
But I can remember going through that, that season of my life and going, God, we, we've, got, we've got bills to pay and how are we going to do this? And over a course of time, we were able to replace that income through different means. As we looked at it, and, and time continued to unfold, we actually, a year or two later, made more money, and that money was more stable than it was before. It, it just boggled my mind as I kind of grew through that moment how faithful God is. And I just want you to know that today, no matter what you're scared of in this moment, God is going to be faithful to you. If the source of your provision is being interrupted in your life right now, take hold of the reality of God's truth and God's truth is reality. The reality of God's truth that He is the one who's providing for your needs through your employer, through your customers, through whatever it, however it is that you make a living, God is the one who is causing you to gain favor and position so that He can provide for your, your means. And so as we go through disruptions in our, in our provision, there is something that we have to remember that God's storehouse is completely full. He's not worried and He wants to supply what you need next. Here's the last reminder that I want to give you about God's faithfulness. That during dire times, we need to respond in faith to a faithful God. You know, my prayer is for all of us that in this moment of uncertainty, that as things are changing with education in our school system, things are changing in the marketplace, even at the grocery store, that we respond in a way that communicates to the world around us that we have faith in a faithful God. That Jesus is going to get us through this and we are resting our faith in that truth. You know, as we respond, here's, here's the thing that I want for me and for my family, and I pray for yours as well, that we would respond like Elijah. Here's Elijah and he's going through this drought and here's how Elijah responds. He hears the word of the Lord and he obeyed. The word of the Lord came to Elijah. It says in verse 3, I want you to read this again. Depart from here and go eastward. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah again in verse 9, and it said, Arise and go to Zarephath. God is going to be faithful if we will use the tools that we have been equipped with to hear the voice of the Spirit, to hear His counsel from His word. He's going to give us instructions, and directions about how we're going to live our day-to-day -day lives from this point forward. And it, as we hear that, if we will obey, then our response will communicate something to the world around us. May we respond like Elijah did. If we will listen to the word of the Lord and obey, God will direct our footsteps. He will take us to the next place that, we have, that, that He has for us. And I'm, I'm telling you, I promise you this, I believe it with everything in me, it's going to be a blessed place. That wherever God leads us, in that place, He's going to bless us fully. But not only that, may we respond like the widow who, who did something counterintuitive. You think about the story of this widow. Um, the Lord comes to her through the prophet Elijah, and He gives her this assignment. I want you to go back to your house, and could you please get me something to eat? Now, poor Elijah, I feel like that once he kind of made the journey from the brook that he was in, and it, there was a drought, and he got to the village in Zarephath, I imagine he probably looked like a disheveled mess, right? He walks in, he's sweaty, he's thirsty, he's hungry, he hasn't eaten in a little while, and this kooky prophet guy comes and talks to this widow, and he asks her, would you please get me a drink of water? And she's ready to oblige. He said, could I have a cracker too, please?
And as she's going, and this, the, the prophet is asking this of her, she makes this for She was desperate for God to move. And whenever you or I are in desperate places, we will look to God. That, that, that desperation needs to, to drive the response that we have in our relationship with the Lord and in our circumstances that surround us. May we respond like she did. That we look to the Lord and whatever He asks of us in this moment, even if it kind of boggles your mind. And you're like, God, that doesn't make any sense. Share toilet paper? Yeah, do whatever it is that God is asking us to do. In that place, whenever we begin to struggle with whatever is, in, in, according to our intuition, here's a woman who's starving and she's fixing to watch her son die. Our natural, normal response would be self-preservation. As you and I see what's going on in the world around us, it can be easy to respond in kind to the desperation of the world. People who do not know the Lord, people who are not resting in a peaceful place in their faith, and to where we begin to respond and we just think only about ourselves. Listen, I believe this with everything in me, that God is calling us to be a people who respond like this widow. That in this moment, that this would be a season in the church's life of unprecedented generosity. That we would look to not only our needs, but the needs around us, and we could look to see how we could fulfill those needs. Listen, as I've kind of watched what's going on in our community, what's going on in our church, I've already been blown away by the willingness of people to open their hearts, to open their pantries, to, hey, who needs diapers? Who needs wipes? What can I do for you? It's, it's, there is this community thing that happens whenever people have this, uh, this faith in the goodness of God through His people. And so as we, as we kind of step into this, this next couple of weeks, I don't know what it's going to look like. It seems like things are changing on a day-to-day basis. Here's what I do believe, though. It's going to get better. It may get a little bit worse before it gets better, but I know this to the very soles of my shoes. It's going to get better. And as we progress over the next several days, I just wanted to this morning remind you of how God is going to be faithful to us. Not just us as the church, but to the world. God so loves the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And so in this moment, God is going to be faithful. And as we progress into the days to come, I want to leave you with one final thought. Because one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot is how it is that we should respond. How it is that I personally should respond to the situations that are around us. And I want to leave you with these words from Matthew chapter 6. If you want to type this note down or if you want to look it up and read it with me. Jesus encourages encourages us by saying this. Therefore, verse 31, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all of these things. And your heavenly Father He knows that you need them all. He knows it. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Here's the thing that I want to encourage us to do as we step into the next couple of weeks is I want to ask you to make two decisions. Number one, I want to ask you to seek the Lord. Seek Jesus. He's the one that has the answers. 
What we're praying for here at GTF is that God would miraculously put a stop to this virus, whether it happens to the scientific community or by the hand of God matters not to me, is that God would step in and that as we seek Jesus, that he would begin to bring solutions to the problem that's surrounding us. The second thing that I want to ask you to do is just take this one day at a time. As, as God is, is telling us today in His faithfulness that whenever our plans get disrupted, whenever our supply gets disrupted and our provision gets disrupted, to believe and to trust in Him, one of the things that we have to do is not get worried about what's going to be happening two months from now. All of our plans are kind of altered anyway, so I really want us to take, as a church family, to take Jesus at what He's saying to do that we would step into this place of taking this one day at a time, that we would allow the trouble that's right before us, whatever's on your plate right now today, just deal with that. Deal with today, and then as we move into tomorrow, God's provision for tomorrow will come. So I want to ask you if you would just gather your family around, or if you're sitting watching by yourself, join me, and I want to pray together. And as I pray, I want to just ask that God would do a couple of things in our lives. Father God, we just come to you, and we thank you that you sent your son Jesus, for he is the way and the truth and the life. And Jesus, we just confess to you today that you are the one that we're seeking, you and your kingdom in this moment. And so, Lord, I just even pray, as people are watching right now, uh, if there's somebody who's watching or a group of people who are watching that have never made you the pursuit of their life, I pray that you would convict them and draw them into a relationship with you. Convince them today, God, that you love them, that you're concerned about them, and that you want to be in a relationship with them right now. Not only that, God, but we also pray that you would cause all of these things to be added to us. The needs and the concerns that are weighing on people's hearts and mind, Lord, we just trust you to supply all of the provision for what's before us. Cause worry, cause anxiety, it caused all of those things to begin to melt away, and I ask God that you would cause your peace to settle on the hearts of your people. And it's in Jesus' name that we ask these things. Amen. Hey, I want to tell you a couple things before um, we conclude our broadcast today. Number one, if you're a person that I was talking about while I was praying that, that would really like to begin a relationship with Jesus, I want to encourage you to just to, to private message our team in the comments below, whether it's on YouTube or Facebook, and just let us know that you would love to, to know what it takes to have a relationship with Jesus. We have some information. We have a book and, and some different things that we can put in your hand about how you can start your journey with the Lord and step into a place of making Him your Lord and Savior. The second thing that I want to make you aware of is that, uh, you know, at the, typically at the end of service, we take a time to celebrate communion. And so as soon as this broadcast is over, I want to encourage you to do something. Celebrate communion in your home, whether it is on, your, on the road. Use whatever supplies you have, whether it be crackers or whether it be, I don't know what you got in your, in your, in your refrigerator, but whatever you have, gather your family around. Do it uh, personally, with, uh, alone, by yourself, but gather those elements uh, together and celebrate the Lord because this is what happens in communion. This is what Jesus said, is that whenever we break the bread and drink the cup, we proclaim his death until he comes. Jesus died and he paid a price on a cross for your sin and my sin so that we can become one with God, that he would come live inside of us and he would be our provider. 
And so I want to invite you, before you move on from this moment, go grab some elements, pray together as a family, and, and celebrate communion. God bless you guys. We'll see you Wednesday at 1230 for prayer.